0: Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly, your host. Thanks so much for joining us. We've got a great guest today who has a lot of political and business experience. So we're very, very happy to have Brian Kelly who is the president and CEO of SBAM, which is the Small Business Administration of Michigan. Brian, how are
1: you? Doing great, Tony. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. You know, you just made a comment to me prior to us coming on. I thought was pretty interesting. Of all the jobs you've had, where does this one rank?
1: Yeah, this is really the best of all worlds, Tony. I mean, it's such meaningful and important work. Small businesses that really do make the vast majority of the local economies around our state work. Really, people say it's kind of cliché say the backbone of our economy is small business, but it's actually true. And so the entrepreneurs they inspire me every day but also in a political system you know i worked in politics in an elected office for 16 years and it's brutal and the idea of working together with people to make things happen unfortunately is kind of out of style these days but in the role i play today working across the entire political spectrum to make good things. I'm very, very fortunate to be in this role.
0: The recent bill passed in the House and Senate, which is being termed a bill that would eliminate inflation, if you will. There's been over 300 economists who differ with that take as opposed to the White House. I want to get your take on how that's going to affect Michigan small business.
1: Yeah, they call it the Inflation Reduction Act. That's just a marketing term. There really isn't anything that would lead us to believe that there would be inflation reduction that would come from it. And so I think it's kind of silly the way that they named it and they've tried to kind of introduce it to the world. I think a lot of the things that are contained in that bill won't necessarily directly impact small business, but there is one that is, of course, a high, high concern. And that is the amount of revenue that they are projecting that will come from stepped up enforcement from the IRS. And while they say that they're only going to go after, you know quote unquote, rich people, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that small business owners, most are organized as what are called pass-through entities, which means all the business income, it flows through to and is taxed on their personal tax return, even if they don't take any distributions or any money out of the company. And a lot of small businesses they have to leave the money in the company to invest and make payroll and capital expenditures and all the things that are required for a business to operate. And so this you know, 87,000 new enforcement officers at the IRS is something we're very, very concerned about. They need 87,000 more customer service representatives so they can actually answer the phone and answer questions in the gray areas and that sort of thing they might find fewer issues with audits if they would actually view themselves more as a customer service organization.
0: Brian, from your experience, why do we seem to have, when it comes to taxes, that Democrats feel you just have to tax more?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, there's this mindset of if you do believe that government's role is to solve every problem. Then, as opposed to looking to local communities to solve problems and to deploy local resources and local talent, local people to solve local problems that are unique to different geographies around our state. You know, if you subscribe to that, you don't look to the federal government for all the solutions. But if you subscribe to, you know, the federal government's job is to solve all of our local problems, then... You know, everything is expensive. And unfortunately, that's where I think they have a hard time making the value proposition. It's just not
0: worth it. There's always been this thought that the Republicans were the fat cats and the the business leaders. And now it seems like, you know, I've heard the term limousine liberals, and I don't want to pick on Democrats, but I think it's something we're talking about that you have these liberals and these Democrats who are increasing these taxes and maybe making it harder on lower income people and small businesses. I think when you make more than enough money, a few more dollars in the cost of living doesn't bother you. And maybe
1: you don't care. Yeah. And I think that one of the problems that disconnects out there is that, you know, some people can say they've benefited from the system that we've had, they've made a lot of money and then they can afford to say well you know it's not that big of a deal to some people it is a very big deal to small business owners who are struggling to make payroll or trying to exist and survive in a rising cost environment and really in a place where they have very little because their size very little pricing power as buyers or sellers so they get squeezed and, and so it's easy for some people to say it's not a big deal it is a big deal to regular people it is a big deal to small business owners when these costs Are added, and there's like this attitude, like they should be able to just absorb it. And unfortunately, what we see happening over and over again is that the very solutions that are, you know, quote unquote solutions that are put on the table by that are connected to additional spending actually end up exacerbating the exact problems that they are supposedly trying to solve. Brian, when we come
0: back for our next segment, I want to ask you, is there anything that the legislation in Michigan can do to combat what small businesses in Michigan, you know, and how they deal with these new taxes that they're probably going to incur moving forward? I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Brian Kelly who's the president and CEO of SBAM. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.
1: At dbis.com. Click and order your office supplies online today. Delivered free tomorrow. DBI offers a complete selection of office products, break room, janitorial supplies, and greener products with convenient 24 7 online ordering. Save time and money by ordering online.
0: Visit dbis.com to set up your account today. DBI does all things
1: office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. dbis.com.
0: Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Brian Calley, who's the president and CEO of SBAM. Brian, I want to ask you, we know that there's going to be perhaps some hardship for small businesses in Michigan. What can the state government do, if anything, what can the state legislators here in the state of Michigan do to help Michigan small business?
1: We really would like to see an intense focus on people, workforce, that we have historically low labor force participation rates, around 60%, has hovered a little bit less than 60% labor force participation at a time when our population, unfortunately, has started shrinking again. It shrunk the first decade of the century, it stabilized and grew a little bit the next decade, and now, unfortunately, it's shrinking again. So all these other problems, like inflation, Sooner or later, inflation is going to calm down and get under control. It's a big problem right now. The Federal Reserve is finally taking it seriously, and it's going to, you know, another six months or so will likely subside. But there is no reason to believe that our labor force or workforce shortage issues are going to get any better anytime soon. Our demographics are working against this. Older than average population, labor force participation rate low. So we need to ensure everything, and this is, you know, stem to stern. There's a lot of work that needs to happen, but it's our education system, which is falling further and further behind. In other words, we have to get the highest potential out of the population that we already have. And we really need to put behind us this sense of social programming that discourages work. It's one of the reasons why we like the earned income tax credit that goes all the way back, you know, the concept of, and part of Ronald Reagan's approach in the 1980s, reward people who work. And support people who work. Even if they have this, all that's available to them is an entry level job, and they're going to start climbing that ladder at the bottom, there's still value in that work. And the earned income tax credit is something that really Republican Democrats can agree on generally that it makes sense to lean into that. So we need education to perform better. We need skilled trades and affordable post high school education for additional certificates and post high school education to specialize that's uh, needed for being competitive in a 21st century global economy. Well, we also need our social services not to compete with the private sector when it comes to the workforce. And even with all of that, we're older than average state, it's going to be tough in the future. So we must get the most out of the population that we have.
0: Brian, from your experience as Lieutenant Governor for the state of Michigan, do subsidies, do handouts, do rebates from one political party, and let's just use the Democrats here, will that lead to votes? Will people go, you know, I got this stuff, I'm voting for these people, the people who are coming across the border maybe illegally. If they get the opportunity to vote, will that lead to votes from your perspective?
1: Anytime you create dependence in a system where a person depends more on the government, then I think it naturally leads to that person evaluating their voting options based on their own self interest. And which, of course, so if you're somebody who's out there, you know, chasing a career and running a small business or working hard at a job and raising a family and trying to do right by your people, by your community. By your family, then the idea of less government weight to carry is something that's in your best interest. So you would tend to favor the politics that go in that direction. But if you're in a position where you're more dependent on the government and the government is encouraging additional dependence, then I think it makes sense that a person would look at it and say, well, it's in my best interest to go in that direction. The problem is, while there can be short-term political gain in that, in the long term, we do pay the price. And that's one of the things that we're experiencing today in Michigan with historically low labor force participation rate, is that there was a long period of time when people had to make an irrational personal financial decision to go back to work because of the government programs that existed during the pandemic. Even when things were open, even when there was a ton of demand for people, people were naturally not going to make an irrational personal financial decision to go back to work if all these government programs gave them more money for less work. Who have to say like small businesses can compete with the unemployment system, but they can't compete with zero work. You know, I mean, that's the thing. If you get paid for zero work, then the whole system can't work that way. And we just have to really move away from those types of programs that put people in a position where they're picking, you know, between options, which ultimately lead to less productivity, contracting or shrinking economy and GDP, and less opportunity for our communities.
0: Brian, when we come back from our break, I want to ask you about your thoughts in regards to the FBI's raid on former President Trump's home. We'll talk about that next here on Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly, and this is the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. We're talking with Brian Callie, who, of course, is the president and CEO of SBAM. Brian, I want to ask you about your thoughts on when you heard, when you saw that former President Trump's home was being raided by the FBI. What did you think?
1: Well, I always, of course, with my own kind of background and experience with people in politics using the criminal justice system as a political tool. That is something that's very troubling. I don't know what reasons that they have, and I hope that they had a darn good reason to do it. But looking here in Michigan, I mean, it's not like we haven't already seen this sort of abuse where Attorney General Dana Nessel literally charged the former governor of Michigan with a crime, like a common law crime that doesn't even really allege that he did anything wrong. And yet using the criminal justice system as a political tool, I think is pretty outrageous. I don't know enough about what they were looking for and what they were going after. But one thing I can tell you is that when you get involved in the political system like this, that they better meet a very, very high standard. It's very clear here in Michigan that our attorney general has not met a high standard when it comes to this sort of thing. And it's really just being blatantly political and using the criminal justice system as like a reelection tool. So I think it's shameful and outrageous. And so, you know, at the national level, I think time will tell whether or not they had a good enough reason to go that far. But unfortunately, we don't have to look as far away as Florida to see abuses of the criminal justice system.
0: Do you think voters in Michigan care about what Dana Nessel has done in these regards? Do you think voters nationwide care about what is happening with the FBI, with the Justice Department in regards to former President Trump and folks who work
1: for him? That's a great question. And I mean, there's so much noise in the system right now. And there's, you know, oftentimes something will come out and the you know media will run with it. And then a week later. It turns out it was totally different than how it was originally portrayed. And so I think people are skeptical, more skeptical than ever. When you look at the Gallup poll, they do you know the trust in institutions. and you see just across the board, trust in every institution, including the media, has continued to fall. And I think it's concerning, but unfortunately, there's so much noise. They've gotten it wrong so many times that it's creating a scenario where I think people are looking around and don't know what to trust, don't know what to believe, and don't really have that foundation out there of like, here's where I can go for information. And instead, it, it turns into kind of an echo chamber. So I think the natural place that people go once the institutions destroy trust is to just seek out those who have similar views. And so at least it's familiar. And I don't think that's particularly good either. So what ends up happening is kind of you know this tribalism or this separation of people. So I don't know. I don't know if it will end up mattering a lot at the end of the day or not, but it is troubling to see the way that kind of the common sources of information and the institutions that, you know, as a society, we used to trust that that trust has evaporated.
0: Brian, I want to ask you about something I know is near and dear to your heart. And I think it ties in with challenges a lot of folks are having I know you're very big on supporting autism and programs for autistic folks because it affects your family. But I think in the same instance, we've got this huge issue with mental health, especially with kids, with how they've had to deal with COVID and school and all that. And I know they're kind of separate but yet I think they're really, really important and we need to pay more attention. And as I see, we're hiring 67,000 new folks to work for the IRS. And where's the help for these people with mental challenges and also our autistic community?
1: Yeah, it's actually 87,000 IRS agents, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but there is a severe need for help for people that have just neurological differences. And so, as you had mentioned, I've got a daughter with autism, But brain health, you know, healthcare from the neck up, there's so many concerns and it has gotten worse over the last few years. We see, I don't think that we truly understand quite yet how difficult or how long the tail will be in the problems from, you know, all the things from the pandemic and just the societal challenges and issues. Mental health among kids is really plummeted. The number of prescriptions, if you look at the number of prescriptions for mental health conditions have gone way up in the last couple of years. And it's something that employers and schools and communities, I think they really are feeling overwhelmed.
0: Two final questions for you. Let's talk about Gretchen Whitmer. What kind of job has she done from your perspective?
1: Well, it depends on the issues. We had a lot of big issues, problems with the closures and how long that they went on longer than almost anywhere else in the country. There are some educational front reconnect, for example, post high school access to post high school trades, education and certificates that we worked really closely with the governor on. And so it's mixed depending on which issues that you're talking about. Certainly going into this election cycle here, her fundraising has been prolific. So, I mean, I think she enters into the cycle in a commanding position to tell her story and make her case to the electorate. But I've also noticed that her profile on the national level has risen very, very substantially. And so I think there are some people that are looking past this 2022 election and wondering what's going to happen in 2024. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the final question for you, if anyone needs help with their small business, is considering starting up a small business, SBAM is the perfect place for them. How do they get the help that they may be looking for?
1: Please do visit SBAM.org, S-B-A-M, which stands for Small Business Association of Michigan, SBAM.org. Please do visit it. If you're a new company, like a startup company, you could join us for free, but there's all kinds of options and opportunities to plug in and get engaged with other small business owners and to get what you need to take your business to the next level.
0: We've been talking with Brian Calley, who is the president and CEO of the Small Business Association of Michigan. Brian, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Tony. Thank you.
0: I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.